tis the season for utilizing your family during these holidays for expanding your growth and adding another notch in your self-development belt. Your family is a wealth of opportunity because they can remind you of how you once were and they often possess the attributes that you resist the most. This episode is a fresh expansion of episode 25 that we did two years ago titled How to Learn from Your Family Instead of Just Coping. Please check that episode out as well as they go hand in hand to round out this topic and it is definitely worth a listen or re-listen, whichever the case is for you. Thank you, beautiful people. Alexander here. I just wanted to give a shout out to all you that are supporting us and for the newcomers that feel drawn to uh, give in some way, sharing the podcast or word of mouth goes a long way. Anyone that feels drawn to help us out monetarily, it helps us to continue providing this information for people that uh, can't afford private sessions or that are struggling in their own private lives. The link for that donation is wise-wise.com backslash support. Even rating and leaving reviews on iTunes or commenting on YouTube really helps us out. Liking our Facebook page, subscribing to our YouTube and Spotify channels so that you know when our newest releases are released. So Deep Soul, thank you to everyone out there. We're sending you love. So let's continue to grow together and learn to make love with the friction in life. Thank you, Alexander. So family or friend, let's become energetically well once again. Happy holidays to you and your families from us. And now, let's journey. With Aaron and Alexander. Uncovering our authentic self through self awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. Two years ago, we did an episode called How to Learn from Family Instead of Just Coping. And we did it to help people around the holiday season where they would be spending a lot of time with their families and kind of replugging into them. And we know families are where you can do the most work because mm. it's the most kind of in your face. You kind of know all of your family's tics and how they work and it can really bother you the most. They know yours. And But back then, everything was kind of voluntary. You could go and leave whenever you want. The world sure. was different. So we wanted to take... The opportunity now that it's two years later to kind of re-update this this type of episode and, and expand more on some of the concepts that we talked about back then but also you know keep going and and talk about some of the challenges we have nowadays um with this kind of new type of world we have entered in we've come to a different level as aaron was sharing earlier that it's not just a family that we're going to visit 
but some people are being forced to be around family members, uh, their children more than usual, their mates more than usual, and being separated from others. So it's creating, you know, a lot of divides, a lot of friction, a lot of opportunity for growth. And that's kind of the way that we want to approach this episode is in hopefully a very uplifting way to empower people and truly help people stand in that power as we talk about this over and over. And this is helping us to uh, uncover those three questions that we released a couple of weeks ago of who you are, you know, what you're about and what you exemplify. And this is a perfect opportunity to practice this because whatever frustrates us the most is normally where the biggest pot of gold is on the other side. So I can't, you know, stress enough of how important, you know, acceptance is once again in moving forward in this type of work in self-development, breaking our family lineages, things that have been passed down to us or trained to us through our families, and then dealing with, you know, expectations from others around us. So so hopefully we're going to give a lot of information that will um, help smooth this process as we enter into the holidays this year through a whole different way that we've none of us has ever really experienced before um, with this COVID situation going on and the lockdown or potentially even uh, more of a lockdown ahead of us. So, um, so yeah, this is going to be very, very interesting times. So that episode two years ago was actually number 25, if anybody is going on our YouTube channel or anywhere where we do number it. Um, but other, otherwise, you can look it up through the title. So in both of these instances, we are around people who we know their behavior. But like in the instance where you're with your mate uh, or I guess even your family, you can, because we used to be able to come and go as we please and that type of thing, you can kind of avoid avoid it bothering you. But now that we're, we're kind of confined, these issues can crop up more and more because we're more, uh, it's more in our face and we can't escape it. So what would you say to people? Uh, how should we face these things with behavior that really bothers us um, from, uh, I don't know, how would you say uh, somebody who acts differently than you or, or just um, like an energy that maybe you don't resonate or a thing that they do that you don't resonate with? You know, uh, a big thing to point out right in the beginning is that we're getting less and less of an opportunity to run from ourselves. Running from ourselves, I mean uh, the things that bother us. See, most people will blame other people uh, that they frustrate me or, or the way that she acts bothers me. And the secret is it's never external. It's always the external is just playing those roles to let us know where we are ourselves. And with family or immediate family, many times our siblings and our parents remind us where we've come from. And sometimes that's not a good thing because we can dislike seeing still parts of us that's in there. And we want to run from that and think that we've healed it and think that we've moved past it. When it's very easy to slip back into those uh, patterns uh, due to the frequency 
these, your family is carrying a frequency that you've been invested in, most people for around 18 years or so. And then as you de- start to develop your own life, going back and seeing some of the things that you have changed or grown past, many people have a lot of resistance to that. I like to suggest to, to really lean into that and see the gift of that, that when people can remind us where we've come from and we can carry compassion and understanding for where they're at, then both parties grow simultaneously together. Because once again, it's in that acceptance of, okay, yes, I used to be set off like my brother is, but now, uh, uh, fortunately, I'm not set off as much in that manner. And then we get, I get around him, and he starts activating that like right away. And I used to go into judgment uh, and, and try to separate myself from them. And that's what I want to warn people from. You know, don't work to separate yourself from the family. Because that, that is a unit that's going to help you in your self-development expedite your work way beyond your ability to do it with strangers. So this is very important to keep that judgment out of it. And for those that aren't going to get to be with their so-called immediate family, siblings maybe, you may be isolated to your more immediate family with your just spouse and kids. And then some people's going to be spending more time alone. So there's many different levels here, but the main uh, consistency is the fact of running from yourself or running from parts of yourself that you want to think that you are past. And, you know, uh, a little bit earlier, Aaron and I was talking about this idea of healing. Do we really heal anything or, or is it just a management issue? And that's the way that I approach things. And I think we're going to do a whole podcast on that. But this is, once again, when we think that we've healed something and moved completely past it and it gets put up in our face, we have a lot of resistance because we can subconsciously feel the pull to pull us back into those actions. And part of learning who you are and what you're about and what you exemplify, this is where to exemplify it. To be able to be around those pulls and those old patterns, those old negative patterns, and not judge them in your family and loved ones, and therefore carrying compassion for, yes, where you're at, but not that you've accomplished something, but only that you have learned to manage it, and really through only through compassion can you stay in that management. If you go into that ego and you think that you've really moved past something, Life will challenge you and give you an opportunity to see that. And I think that, once again, whether it's people being alone, being confined to their immediate uh, children and spouses, or they are able to go visit their larger families, it's really the same type of opportunity going on. And I would also bring in self-judgment when you're viewing a behavioral pattern in somebody that you may also identify with it being like deep inside you. And maybe you haven't tried to work on that or confront that. But I think that that also brings in some self judgment when you're projecting judgment on somebody else. I know I suffer <laughs> uh, from that a lot. So maybe right. speak to that. Yeah. I think that's, that's important that, uh, you know, many people want to run away from, you know, what they perceive as ugly or not good. And, and many of us will lie to ourselves and 
say that we don't carry those traits, but you really don't know until you get around certain traits being exercised as to how much of that pull is really there for you to to exemplify those traits as well. And and this is more of, you know, through the acceptance and the acceptance of who you are and who you're becoming, that is a total different mindset than feeling like you have overcome something or stepped out of certain family patterns or certain triggers or something like that. Uh, I'd like to suggest to people to, you know, always be humble in that because life will, it does have a sense of humor and it will present, you know, opportunities for us to prove what we verbalize. And so let's please be careful how we are talking about our loved ones and those people that we're around because once again, we'll bring in the term roles, the roles that we play for each other to help ourselves with the healing the acronym of the Just Philosophy, Journeys Uniting Seeking Transformation. And really listen to that title, Journeys Uniting Seeking Transformation. So we, you know, we come together in these different types of relationships to help each other grow, and we play roles in each other's lives. And this is where soon as the negative emotions are activated, you know, we shift the energy from the external source and ask the question, the internal why or the wise why, why am I allowing this to bother me this way? Rather than why is Larry acting this way? Why is Sheila talking about that? Instead, the more useful why is why am I allowing Larry to upset me? Why am I bothered by Sheila's words? Because that's the why that we can actually answer. Normally it is connected to some type of trigger or trauma from our past. But the main situation in the present moment is just to extinguish any frustration or negativity. To truly use everyone uh, as teachers. And this is, of course, one of the five pillars of this work. That everyone can be your teacher and every situation uh, has a lesson in it. And so this is how moving forward in these times with a conscious mindset to just pay attention to how the triggers are affecting you, how these people are affecting you, whether you're running from that you're afraid that you're like that or that you you stand on your high horse and say, oh, I'm so glad that I'm not like Bill or Mary or Todd. You know, we, we just really want to stay in that compassion and, and humility. And our family members exhibit different types of personalities and, and traits and energies that, that or roles uh, that, that are put in front of us. And I wanted to bring up a few and maybe you can offer a way to handle dealing with these types of personalities. I know they can be very hard and, and I think being semi-specific will go um, a great distance to help people uh, during this holiday season. One would be like an addictive personality, someone who's addicted to something, whether it be cigarettes or coffee or whatever it is. I think we, we tend to have a judgment on that. I mean, alcohol is a big one. Like, sure. like we can look down on that or, or maybe somebody is using an excess. So if somebody is judging, I know I'm bringing this up because you have 
brought this up in the past and it's a really good point on how to look at this if if you are maybe finding yourself uh, judging somebody mm-hmm. who has an addic- or an, an addiction. Yes, uh, the main thing is not to stay focused on the specifics, but to utilize the the general activation that as soon as you see someone that yes, maybe they can't be at the Christmas party without a drink. You're just sitting there judging and going, why do they always have to have a drink? The more useful why, once again, is to turn that inside and say, what do I do every day? Or what do I have to have every day that I can actually utilize that the energy of that judgment, if that external judgment is turned inside as the investigator, I like to say it, then see, we're not talking about beating yourself up. It's just take the energy of judgment Turn it inside and say, where do I, what am I addicted to? Where do I exemplify addiction in any way, shape, or form? It don't have to be similar to the way they're they're exuding it or giving it in an example. And that's where people can get stuck is they're too focused on the specific. And they'll just go, well, I don't even drink. so Or I'll have a beer or two a week. And that makes them feel better than this other person. But whether it's sugar whether it's sleeping, whether it's work, whether it's drugs, whether it's fishing, whatever it is, most people have something that is out of balance. And so the judgment of any type of addiction can be turned inwardly and made useful by just just doing that and finding where am I stuck in a rut. And this is how to use people to be that teacher. It's not necessarily what they're saying, it's just what they're exemplifying, and more importantly, what their example exhibits in reaction or response to you. And so, did that give an, a kind of a good overall? Yeah, that's, that's what I wanted you to bring up. But if this person is uh, using some type of tool or item to escape from life, I know that can bring on some judgment, but maybe is there another way to look at that? Maybe to bring in some compassion, maybe their life is you know, not in a good place and, and they need a break from that? Yes, I think compassion and condoning are two different things. No matter how so-called close we think we are to someone, um, and say in our family, we don't know the details that what has gone on in their lives as far as traumas go, potentially what's going on uh, presently in their life. And sometimes people even talk about what's going on, but they're not able to even express so you got to understand that even if you inquire and the person attempts to uh, inform, that doesn't mean that anything is going to be revealed because most of us are stuck in areas and we can't see it for ourselves. This is very important in the self-development work and the just philosophy is that we have to be able to be honest with ourselves. And the very first thing to be honest about is that we can't see ourselves clearly. We can't, no one can see themselves clearly all of the time. So I have my own ways to utilize people uh, in certain situations to help me to see, hey, what am I not seeing clearly here? And I think that that's good to make sure that you have someone in your life that you truly feel like will be a straight shooter with you, even if they tell you something that you don't want to hear, because we all really can utilize to a high degree that person that, that holds that space and is able to just really give their their neutral view. They don't carry a preference, 
but uh, just that clear observation, and that's very challenging for us to do all the time on ourselves. So what about the personality that is a little bit of like a know-it-all, maybe it could be about politics, you know, that type of thing where they need to like shout because they think they're right, that type of thing? Yeah, I think this is a, a beautiful lesson in standing in your power in a seemingly passive way. Because the truth is that when you are clear in your view of whatever the subject matter is, that person can be around anyone talking about any view and be completely comfortable because they're not worried about their view being threatened or being changed. And so once again, if you're having an issue with somebody being um, boastful or or really pushing through their ego, more than likely, their views. I like to suggest, if you're going to entertain being part of it, then just ask questions. Don't look at it as, as standing in your power to push your view or to try to match that. That's just going to turn into debating. But, you know, a technique that I really like to do is when, especially if somebody knows they have a different view than me, because... Many times that's baiting. They're just baiting you. I would just continue to say when they invite me in to give my side, I just like to say, I'm really enjoying learning more about your view. I'm clear in my view, but I, I, I feel like I'm getting to know you better by learning more about your view. So please continue to talk. Because normally those people, like I said, they're just baiting you because they want to get right back to them talking. So I found that with children, no matter if they're seven years old or 70, no matter what the age is, is that if you don't show them any resistance, they get tired of playing really quickly. And so that's why this is, this is connected to another saying of lean into the friction that you wise wisers have heard me say so much. This is another example of that, of, of oh, this person sees this completely differently. So let me just lean into this friction and make them comfortable and make them seem, see that I want to know more about them and, and how they're seeing this. Not to change your mind, but to just help you to be more uh, clear moving forward with who this person is, with what, what they are uh, standing in their power about. And so that information can be very useful for us as we are uh, connecting with people as we are being forced together. And then another big part of that is remove yourself from the situation and take breaks. I happen to have certain people in my family that that I set basically a timer of about 15 minutes. Every 15 minutes, I need to just pull out of their energy field, maybe walk around the yard, around the house, and then come back and plug back in. So please, everyone, take advantage of many breaks like that and just say that you need to step away, you need to go to the restroom. And so anyone that really pushes your buttons or is challenging for you, do that 15 to 20 minutes at a time and then break away for about five minutes and see if that break doesn't assist you to stay in that loving vibration and that uh, vulnerable and receptive vibration. But this is not the same as letting people run over you or or just letting people uh, have their way. This is very, very different because if you're really interested in shifting someone's perception, the way you teach someone to listen is by listening to them first. When we, when we listen, it softens their defense mechanisms. 
And you're only going to get someone to change through my experience through that process, not through aggression. I've never seen anybody change their mind when somebody, they were in an argument or a debate with somebody that had an opposite view. It's just very, very rare that anybody shifts in that friction. But when they are allowed to speak their so-called truth, and as they're saying it, it's being received, they hear it a different way. See, a person hears something differently whether somebody's receiving it or whether somebody's resisting it. You actually literally hear yourself differently. So when you don't have any guard, it helps to bring their guard down. And when their guard's down, they hear what they're saying in a different way rather than the aggressive way. And they're more likely to change the way they're approaching it if they're being received. And then when they go, you know, Alexander, what do you think about this? See, there's a true question there in that energy. And I'm always looking for that true question, not just an invitation, but the true question of wanting, wanting a morsel of, a, of just a different view. Maybe not planning on changing their mind, but just a morsel. And I have seen and proven in my own world that that comes through the acceptance and through the listening and the compassion rather than any type of aggression or forcing your power. That's why, you know, standing in your power is like a tree. It's no force. Trees aren't forceful, but they bend. They bend when the storm comes, but they don't move. Most of them, unless they're dead, but if they're alive, they bend when the storm comes through and then they snap back to close to original form. And that's the whole point of being grounded and rooted, standing in your power, but then being utilizing acceptance that whatever storm comes your way, I will just bend. And uh, that will take you a long way in this life. Now, this personality trait is similar to that one, but it's uh, the one that's very needy or needing to be heard. So it's it's different in that it's not aggressive, but it's always uh, interjecting like their views or uh, bringing the conversation back to them. All right. Uh, I like to once again um, feed people like this because – when you see someone hungry or starving for something, the sooner that you get them fed, the better everyone around them is going to, to be. And so when I see a needy person with attention like that, then even many times if someone asks me a question, I will defer to them first. And I'll say, oh, Randy, uh, what, what have you got to say about this? When somebody just said, Alexander, what have you got to say about it's snowing, whatever it is? Then I might see this person over here that's been uh, chomping at the bit to talk, and I might just say, Randy, before I speak, uh, why don't you share the way that you're looking at it? Like that, and see, it can be empowering for them, and and it might disappoint other people. That There might be people there that want to hear what I have to say rather than Randy. But the practice here is patience, that once you get the so-called child, and I'm not meaning that degrading, I'm just meaning it where we're at at our emotional evolution in my opinion, as a mass consciousness, we're somewhere around about an eight-year-old's um, emotional um, consciousness level. So when, we're, when I'm talking children, that's, this is, doesn't have anything to do with age, but it's how something is approached. That is a very reactive way, and responding, finding non-preference and acceptance is that responding way. So you're going to get uh, different 
results, of course, how you play your role to just consider to feed that needy person as soon as possible to uh, see if that will appease them to a certain extent. And then if somebody really wants to know what you think about something, you can always break off and go into a private conversation. Uh, But just make sure that you're not getting into power struggles. And for me, I just soon defer to the loudest kids so we can get them quiet first and then uh, move on with the more deeper conversations with others. Yeah, because I think the initial feeling is like you don't want to give them energy because they want it so bad. (laughs) Yes, yes. And it's very similar to, as I've explained in the past, about when my boys used to throw temper tantrums. And I wouldn't walk in and, like, um, break it up or anything. The very first thing I would do is normally it would bother me. I'd walk in and there would be some type of frustration. So my practice was to always go and sit in meditation before engaging with them, get back to a neutral place, and then go engage with them, but then just ask them to move it from inside to the outside. And then I would give them complete permission to lose their minds all they wanted to. And that would always stop the temper tantrums. It was through allowing, but teaching right time, right place, right person, right duration. None, none of these strong yeses or nos. And uh, through all of this, just remember that the, the biggest secret or the biggest key is removing yourself from the situation before you get too negatively affected. And those of you with, uh, you know, your human design, we can help you understand that those of you with the emotional center non-activated, like I believe open, yeah. yours is open, open and non-activated, you know, you're so much more vulnerable to uh, people's reactions and people's actions, especially around the emotional things. So, so this can be explained energetically, even through a visual, uh, why you may be more sensitive to someone and your mate may be like, why do you make such a big deal? Why do you let them bother you? But it's actually an, an energetic vulnerability, and that's what we enjoy in the private practice of breaking down um, all these specifics for people. So I know many of the people listening, uh, many who are on the self-development path, there it, it can re, it can you um, create a, a want to connect with your family on a deeper level, and there can be this personality that is uh, emotionally unavailable. But that won't stop many of us from trying to, to, you know, to connect with them at a deeper level. So maybe you can speak to how to interact with them and maybe get them to open up a little bit. Yeah, I think the key here is remembering to meet people where they're at. If you try to go deeper than the person is going with you, then you're likely to lose a connection. So I'll say that in another way that... You, you want to meet people where they are, and whether that's helping or whether, you know, it's uh, just in conversation or level of conversation, to pay attention to what they are offering and not go too far beyond that. Uh, otherwise, this is where conflict happens, because if you talked about something that makes somebody feel inferior or uncomfortable because they don't know about this subject, then see, defense walls are going to start going up. You're going to wind up in a debate or an argument, and this person never even really knew what you were talking about. So we have to be careful as we grow, as we expand, as we gain more wisdom and knowledge to remember that it was written in the, the great book to not pass out pearls among swine. 
that's kind of connected to this, that if you keep your dialogue on a level that's just just pushing the envelope just a little bit, but paying attention to where the person's at. And with that, normally people's conversations and how you engage in the beginning gives you a really good idea of where their focus is at by whatever subject they bring up. Like if they just bring up the weather and then you go into like deeper self-development work, blah, 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 <laughs> blah. See, they're, they're looking to keep it very lighthearted and you're looking to go deep. But if... You know, somebody in your family walks up and goes, you know, I've been noticing on Facebook, you're going through a lot of changes. I'd really like to know some of the things that you're doing. See, okay, let's go down the rabbit hole. So pay attention to how people present themselves. And this is, once again, a practice in living in non-preference, that when you go to engage with every single person, don't carry a preference. Observe. Observe where they're at. What subject do they bring up to talk about? And then let that determine the direction of the conversation. And you're less likely to wind up in that type of friction or uh, conflict. And in our episode two years ago, you brought up allowing people to be who they are and accepting them for who they are. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with meeting them where they are, but also goes a little further because I know in the past that I would start like debates or arguments to try to get to change people because I didn't like yes. who they were or I wanted them to be different. And it's, it's easier to meet them who they are, not just for your energetic level, but also if you want them to uh, respect you or see you for, you know, for where you are, because I'm assuming that you're, you're different than them. Otherwise you would be resonate more. Right. But if you want them to, to, uh, not want to change you and accept you, then you almost need to give them the respect first. And in many of these, uh, I noticed that there was action items for you to do first, uh, kind of do the hard work first before right. you can reap the benefits of it. Yes, yes. It's, it's kind of like you, you invest first and I always like, you know, investing in my people, in my situations, um, uh, on the on the front end, so that once that is established, then I reap the rewards. Like, you know, getting with somebody, whether it was the way that we, uh, Aaron and I, began, and the investment in time there to get you know where we are now. And uh, both of us have invested, you know, different things at different times, and it's been um, it's been a beautiful dance. And and that's the thing as well is or most all relationships is connected to that. Um, I don't want to call it a push and a pull, but a, a give and take. It's not sacrifice. It just means in every relationship, both parties need to give sometimes in every relationship, both parties need to receive sometimes. That's what keeps a balance. And we're very guilty in our culture to, uh, to place ourselves in intentional roles and not necessarily inform everybody, but it's all in how we perceive ourselves and how we perceive the other person that we're talking about. And it's almost a human characteristic to size each other up. And so once again, this has helped drastically when you know the answer to those three questions of who you are, what you're about, and what you exemplify. And we go deep, deep into that in the, the previous uh, podcast. So 
those three questions are much deeper than most people when you first hear it. Uh, it sounds kind of like three silly questions, but it really does. When you start breaking it down, it can take you uh, into some very deep depths. But I think that is a that is a key that to see that basically you're you're practicing exemplification um, all the time. And if you want to truly help or inspire people. It is through that example. It's not through the words. Because the way you lose respect very fast is when you talk about stuff and then a situation comes up and you don't practice it. That's what begins to lose respect, like, instantly. So that's why we should focus much more on what we exemplify than what we're busy teaching or talking about. Many times in families, there can be grudges, you know, people we haven't talked to in a while because of some disagreement that happened that seems silly now. How would one approach that if they wanted to maybe start to mend that? I know we've actually done an episode or two on this uh, earlier this year. I think it was before, it was probably the beginning of this year. So we're looking right. at 20 episodes back. So we're in the 50s if people want to look at that. But, but maybe quickly you can give... Um, some insight into how we can start mending that. Yeah, well, the grudges is a big deal, especially in families. And understand that when you're holding a grudge, you're carrying all the weight. And it is much, much lighter to forgive. Now, you don't have to forget, but I like to suggest to, to work towards that because especially every seven years, I've brought this up many times that just about every cell in the body completely regenerates every seven years. So, you know, when we look at seven-year patterns, that's how it's easier for me to, to accept people for what they've done or what they've said because after seven years, I don't give it any validation after that because it's not even 1% of me that's the same person, so to say, or very, very small percentage and I don't want to give that power. So if it's not been seven years, say it's been four years, then my thought is, okay, well, we're over halfway. So all I got to do is continue with my acceptance and forgiveness and practice standing in my power and learn the lesson from whatever the person so-called did to you. That's That's the biggest key. If you... When we don't learn the lesson, it's much harder to forgive and move on. But once you get the lesson and you see that that person had to do that, that person had to say that for you to get that lesson, then that's what becomes easier just to carry compassion day in and day out because, once again, everybody's just playing these roles for us to help us grow. And some people even say, and I'm not saying that I agree or disagree with this, but that on the other side, when we're coming into this life, that the people we struggle with the most on this on this plane is really our best friends or better friends in that angelic realm because we make those agreements that I'm going to come back and I'm going to help you learn this lesson. And so even that from a conceptual view uh, helps me with that processing of that forgiving and seeing that it does have a timeline biologically and which is connected to energetically and the spiritually and all those different levels, that that's just a process that I developed over many years of looking at certain situations 
um, even as in depth as, you know, sexual abuse that I've experienced. So, so whether it's people, um, you know, taking advantage of you or lying to you or changing on you, whatever it is, um, you know, remember that possibly our only true free will is our perception. And when you choose to perceive that somebody did you wrong and you're going to hold that grudge, then once again, you're carrying all the weight. And if you want to know what that's like, I want to give everybody an opportunity here to actually practice this, to just hold out one arm while we continue this, the rest of this podcast and realize that you're not carrying any weight in your arm. It's, it's, just, uh, it's just the weight of your arm. But see over time how heavy that arm gets. And this is just like carrying a grudge that in the beginning it almost feeds you because the anger's there. But then it gets very, very heavy. And, and so, see, if you do it physically and you try this exercise, and I do ask you guys to do that, to just hold your arm out at a 90-degree angle and see how long it takes with no weight to start to get uncomfortable. It's going to be more than likely a matter of minutes. So when you think about holding grudges for years and years and years and years, just imagine how weak your arm would be if you kept bringing it up to hold it at this 90-degree angle. Because, once again, carrying a grudge doesn't technically carry physical weight, but it does energetically and emotionally and mentally and spiritually, and that drains the physical so we can learn a lot through these just look exercises by taking whatever it is in the mental field or emotional field or spiritual field and finding a way to experience it in the physical. That helps to connect all these different levels. One of the main intentions or goals of this philosophy is to be able to sustain our energy throughout the days on and on and and kind of... Uh, um, heal from our trauma so that we're not constantly leaking our energy going into these family situations i think it may be good for us to or many of the people out there to make a plan beforehand to go over in their minds consciously their intentions before they arrive yes and if they like we've mentioned in the past if you're going to be around people who are extremely challenging to make sure you have somewhere else to go and you inform of your time limit at the beginning so there's no surprise to make it easier for you Mm -hmm. uh, to live up to that intention that you're setting. So maybe you can talk about how people can make a plan beforehand, set intentions so that they can sustain their energy throughout the entire. Well, uh, here I want to, yeah, I want to talk, and touch on a little bit on the the spiritual level, and we're going to talk start talking more and bringing that level in more, uh, more and more. But but this is a good place to start because the gratitude and being uh, grateful to life and to the divine, you know, whatever your your word is for that higher power, uh, to really take the time to be in gratitude for people's health. Like now, uh, you know, that can be the very first default that. When, when I work with some people say, well, I have a hard time finding something to be grateful for. I know that I am. And I go, I don't understand why your health, especially now with what we've been through the last seven or, or eight months, that that's a default for everybody. If you're not sick, if you're not dealing with some kind of 
um, major trauma, then that's the very first thing to go into gratitude for. If you are sick or going through some trauma, then to go into gratitude that it's not worse. So I think, you know, taking the time, yes, to set the intention of whatever that intention is, that maybe I want to go into this family situation and come out of it uh, strong and not need to take a nap afterwards or not be exhausted or, or not bring the negativity back home when we come home. Whatever that is, it's, it's good to, you know, yes, set that intention to give gratitude to whether it's your, your angels, your guides, to the divine, to God, and to carry that grateful and thankful attitude going in rather than any dreadful or thinking about a specific person that you're hoping that's not there or anything like that, that whatever energy that you're taking in right before entering is very, very important. And then, uh, yes, standing in that power and realizing that if the intention was just gratitude and and being uh, thankful and not leaking your energy, then see, there's very little to do. You don't have to do much, but manage your time, manage your environment. And as soon as, as soon as someone or something starts to bother you, the very first inkling, remove yourself from the situation, go take a break, go for a walk, because many people will wait to take that break when they're so upset that they can't reset. So that's the thing, that in order to stay loving, you need to leave before you stop loving. And once we get into frustration and anger, loving has stopped. So see, with certain people in my family, I, like I said earlier, I, I set that 15-minute time limit. Many times I'll inform it and say, hey, brother, I only got about 15 minutes, but I wanted to come by and say hello. I can always extend that. But that's about the length of time before uh, some people in my family will say something offensive or what could be taken offensive. And the main thing is, is that when they say that, I don't want to show them that that affects me. I don't want them to see that because that's what eggs people on to keep doing it, to keep poking you in your side. And so it's not just a matter of covering up what bothers you. It's truly processing and releasing that it bothers you because this is all temporary. The visit is temporary. This whole life is temporary. Everything is temporary. So we can forget and think that everything is permanent, <laughs> every situation, every conversation. And so there's so many people going to the, the battlefield and going to the front lines, and you're just talking about whatever at a family gathering. It doesn't have to be that intense. Uh, so once again, you know, I'll allow anyone to be right that wants to be right that bad. That, that doesn't mean that I agree with them. I'm just allowing the child to, to have their way, but that's not going to affect me moving forward in my life. Or if it does, then I will just stand in my power simply by saying I don't agree and I'm open to explaining my view, but I'm not going to be walked over and I'm not just going to step aside. That's the point of standing in your power. That does not mean that you get walked over. That does not mean you get pushed out of the way. It simply means that you stand in your power without force. There's no need for force. And then that you're always in a situation where you can remove yourself and change your environment, even if it's for just a few minutes. Very, very important. So for those who, who go through this process, make a plan, set an intention, and they go and they fail. Like, for instance, maybe they, their intention was to not judge 
and they failed while they were there. Maybe they brought it home a little bit, and then after they realized that, okay, well, they didn't live up to their intention, how should they focus going further? I think uh, right away going into sending the person or the situation that they had so much resistance to um, love and compassion. And once again, you know, this has been taught by all the great teachers, um, whether it's turn the other cheek or treat others the way that you'd like to be treated. So, you know, anytime uh, any of you listeners feel that you've done wrong and you see that, you know, how do you like people to treat you? You know, um, most people don't like their face rubbed in it. And that's why I'm trying to get parents to see that kids don't need as much discipline as they think they do because disappointing a parent is one of the harshest things for a child. And so many parents try to use aggression or force to make sure that they learn the lesson when they skip one of the most powerful things is just showing the effects that that decision or that verbiage had. And um, I think there's a lot of power uh, right there in just that, the recognition of that. So I wanted to bring in patience because I feel like that is probably something that's needed around family, especially if your family is challenging. So maybe you could speak to the role patience plays uh, with with the energetic level when entering into a family gathering. Yes, and I've had... People ask me before, how, you, how do you practice patience? Uh, similar to how do you practice discipline? And everything can be practiced. And one way to practice patience is being in a situation or around a person that starts to bother you in some way, and you want to react, you want to say something, and you don't. And you just you stay in that discomfort for just a little while, I'm talking like maybe a minute or two minutes in the beginning, and then you remove yourself from the situation, and then you might take about a 10 or 10 minute break, and then you go be back around that person again, and you stay around them talking or whatever the situation is until it starts to bother you again, and you just work on uh, the acceptance and that, hey, this isn't going the way that I want it to or the speed that I want it to. And now I need to go take a break and change my view of it, change, quit thinking about it, maybe go get something to eat, like redirect the energy. And I like to bounce between the logical side of the mind and the creative side, that if you're too focused on something logically, then the break is to go do something creative. And if you're stuck in the creative, the key is to go do something logical, to, to break that, the, the monotony up, so to say. So I think that uh, that can go a long way as well. And something that has to do with patience and what we were just talking about with uh, setting intentions is being energetically charged before entering into these, I think is very important. And maybe you can talk about how we can get ourselves to that point. Because if we're not energetically charged and we're entering, we're going to be very short. And, yes. we're, and, and the amount we're going to be able to put up with is going to be very small compared to what it could be. And so obviously like things like sleep and being well fed, but maybe touch upon maybe some of the more non-obvious things. Yeah. So, you know, there's in any activity at a so-called professional level, like professional athletes, they have this whole routine to warm up. It's a, it's taking care of their body and they're about to go do something and they work out all the time, you know, but I don't know of like really any professionals that 
that skip the warm-up part because it's important, they know, to, to warm up those muscles. So, you know, preparing for the gathering, we'll just call it, is, you know, preparing is paying attention to your sleep, paying attention to, and we're talking like three to five days before. Eventually, you want this to just be your lifestyle to where you're not ever preparing for anything, but you're living in a way that you're always prepared. This is, A, the first step is being able to be honest with yourself and to see that if you're choosing to get upset about some kind of like small battle at work, you know, the day before you're going to do a family thing that you already know that's going to be challenging. See, that's not preparing. You got to learn to discern and pick your battles. And if you're going into a very uh, stressful family situation or you've got a stressful situation at home, so you can't invest as much in work and in, in social areas to what I say to care that much. In some areas, we do have to play roles to just chop the wood and carry the water and don't care and have an opinion of how the wood's being chopped and how the water's being carried. Just chop the wood and carry the water the way that you're being asked to. See, that's a conserving energy. Even, you know, even if you think you have a better idea, <laughs> if the person doesn't want to do it that way, you, you get in conflict, you're leaking energy right away. So one of the biggest things is preparing for that so-called battle with the family is by choosing your little battles in every area of your life. Just like you might go to a vending machine and you uh, are getting a bag of chips or something and it gets stuck. You know, that's an opportunity to practice rather than saying some expletive or, or pushing the machine and, and just screaming or something. You know, that's an opportunity to practice acceptance and patience with a $1 situation. And that's why I can't stress the, the little things that build up to prepare you. And it was so good that, um, you know, in another episode when you were talking about how you handled something better than uh, something another time before, you did notice that, that you energetically, you were more charged. Even though you had done something physical, you weren't emotionally drained. You weren't mentally drained. You weren't uh, energetically drained. You were just a little physically tired from actual driving, but but all of that set you up to handle and respond to a situation much differently. And so that is the key is is it's all the lead up stuff to uh, the big situation. And most people don't take advantage. They're in the war all the way up till the day going into this family battle, and they just don't have it to give. So it is very important that in order to do this self-development work and the, to make the most of the just philosophy, it, this is a lifestyle. That's why this is called a philosophy. It's not a belief system. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of learning to live every day so that you are prepared for these bigger moments. So this was a topic that you wanted to bring back around, especially with how timely it is in the holiday season. Uh, and I've kind of I've kind of led the conversation to wherever it has taken us, but I wanted to give you any last uh, words that maybe there was something that we didn't get to discuss here at the end of this episode that you want to bring back around. I think the the only thing that I will mention because you did such a great job in this episode, you always do. But um, today's questions were were very on point. Um, you know, the other big part that I want to just mention is the love 
and understanding that everything is temporary on this plane. And that expression of those emotions was just me just thinking about people and certain ones and how much I care about them. And many times we will give the problem children, the problem adults, the ones that uh, create these so-called situations, they get all the energy. And what I want you to do is I want you to conserve your energy. Give it to the beautiful mother that deserves it, that cooked the food, or the father that cooked the food. Give it to the sister that has been there. Don't give it to the people that bring all of the friction. It gets wasted there. So I'm being vulnerable with you people today so that you can go be vulnerable out there in the world and direct your energy to the people that deserve it and conserve it around the people that are bringing you challenges. But don't ignore them. They're there to teach you. So be in love, but be wise, beautiful people. Follow those wise, wise. Whew, that was beautiful, Alexander. Thank you for sharing that. And everybody, stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness and enjoy the holiday season. Blessings.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings, as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T. P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y dot com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment. It's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.